Welcome back, everybody, to Terror and Tacos. Thank you. Thank I'm you. Christy. I'm Michael. And we talk about terror and eat tacos. We do. Um, but. Man. We t- didn't this week. We we didn't, but we ate some amazing stuff. Holy Shit. I'm yeah. just good. I'm going to let you talk about where you went this morning okay. to uh, get us some um, treats of my people. Yeah, the treats of your people. So there is an, a new place that, I mean, really just opened mm-hmm. maybe a month ago, maybe a month ago, called the Pina Loca. Oh, the crazy pineapple, yeah. for those of you who don't know. Um, and this is a fruteria. Mm-hmm. It's on Lakeland and Ferguson. It's right by oh, okay. La Pasadita number uh-huh. two, which is a place I also That's love. That's really convenient because yeah. you can get your food and then go next door. Yes. And so the Pina Loca uh, advertises itself as king of the munchies. Yeah. And y'all, they fucking live up. Yeah. Um, this place kind of blew my mind. Uh, Aspen... Gave me a heads up because she had been with her sister last week. And she was like, she knows me well. Right. She was like, you have to have a game plan or you will be overwhelmed. You'll be lost and overwhelmed. <laughs> so I did some, I did some, uh, I looked, you know, she showed me their Facebook page and stuff. So I had an idea of like, okay, I'll get these things just for today mm-hmm. that Christy and I can have. And I'm glad I did because if not, I think I would have just stared at the menu for like two hours. Yeah. So like a little bit of history, the kind of treats and snacks that they sell at this place are, you know, back home, it's the kind of stuff that you, it's like street treats, right? You can get it at mercados or you can get it like at, at fairs, church fairs. Mm-hmm. You can, you know, so it's like the elote in a cup with the cream and the chile and the lime and all mm-hmm. that stuff. You can get that kind of stuff. And as far as sweet stuff, it's uh, you can get um, the fruit, you know, so like traditionally back home, you get like um, cut up pineapple and cucumber and coconut and watermelon sprinkled with all kinds of like chile and uh-huh. spices. And um, back home, for some reason, I was telling you this earlier, snow cones are like super special. Like you never just get a regular snow cone. A snow cone is very involved back home. Right. And it usually comes with the shaved ice the fruit, the fruit juice, and then ice cream if you want it. And so this is the kind of place that Piña Loca is. It sells all of those kinds of treats. All of those things. And like, so we had what they call, one of the things we got is what they call the knockout, Mm -hmm. which is exactly what you're talking about. We're going to post a picture of it It, because it is a thing of beauty. It is a thing of beauty and it is so good. I uh-huh. can't wrap my mind around how good it is. And uh-huh. It was ice cream, shaved ice, the juice, the fruit. Uh, it, it was fucking incredible. Yeah. It tasted like it had pineapple, yeah. mango, and some kind of berry. And then there was shaved ice and ice cream and the juice yeah. in it. And it, w- I, it was so good. Mm-hmm. And then I got one, uh, one elote with white corn and one yellow, mm-hmm. uh, they were fantastic. Delicious. And I got just the sort of straightforward elote. Mm-hmm. There, there are many ways you can go in there and add things to it. Right. Um, and then in addition to like, and then we got uh, what, fresa con crema? Yeah, which is strawberries and cream. Yeah. But the, some, I don't know what they do to the cream. Dude. Because that was, 
like fruit of the gods. Yeah, right. So delicious. So delicious. And so that's what we got. We got the two sort of treats and then the two elote. There are so many other options. Mm -hmm. And I was telling you, this seems to me, and I don't know, but it seemed to me like a beautiful dream that a slightly younger person had. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, it's traditional foods that and treats that you would get a fruit at a fruiteria, but also like, I don't know, maybe you get real high <laughs> and you want to fuck around with some Oreos. Right. Like, they have, right. A, they have a, a lot of options. The portions are pretty big. Yeah. Um, I've been, I'm seeing a lot of that happen, which is really, really, really great. And not just like in the food and beverage. You're telling me that they're working on getting a liquor license too. Yes, that's what which, the, the- Can you imagine the knockout with some booze in it? Dude. Oh my I, God. I, I, might, I don't even drink and I would I be like, but I- but I will. But I'm going to drink yeah, that. Gonna it's drink just that. like the Hennessy horchata that I was talking about um, last week. Right. But I'm seeing a lot of that in in younger Latin business owners mm -hmm. where they are taking, and not just food, but like in all kinds of cultural stuff, like they're taking traditional things and then just like putting a twist on it yeah. and and bringing it to a whole new level. And it really, really makes me happy. There's another little place that maybe next week we'll get some stuff from there called Locura. And it's in Oak Cliff. And they've got all kinds of like traditional treats that also have like twists, you cool. know? And uh, I'm seeing it in like clothing shops. I'm wearing a shirt today and I'm going to totally um, plug them today. It's a, a shop that I found on Instagram called Quinti Moda. And they have all kinds of t-shirts and tote bags and stuff that take like traditional Spanish sayings and right. put them on like weird t-shirts. And my shirt says, no me toques, which means don't touch me. And it's got a, ca a big cactus, cactus on it. That's great. But they have all kinds of stuff. And I'm seeing it like in traditional folkwear where young people are taking it and just giving it a twist. And it just makes me happy it, to see that. It made me happy too. And and it made, to me at least, it makes perfect sense. I mean, these are, I don't want to say kids, that sounds mm -hmm. insulting, but like, why wouldn't they Absolutely. be into cool shit that right. younger people are into? Right. And I told you, and like, even even the menu... You know, sometimes like even if you go to like La Banqueta, mm -hmm. it'll have in Spanish and then in English, right? Because mm -hmm. they know they're going to get both, both, right? Some people who speak one, some people who are bilingual. This menu is just like a glorious fucking hybrid. Of, it's of, all Spanish. Yeah, it's like, yeah. And it's like, well, if, again, of course. Yeah, I grew, up, are, I grew up speaking Spanish. Yeah, these are people who have lived in, I assume, Texas or whatever. And yeah, it's... I love it. I love everything about it. Um, right now, because they just opened, if you do go, and you should, to the Pina Loca, uh, right now it's cash only. Mm -hmm. They're working on yeah. getting that changed um, and working on a liquor license. But you know, and anyone out there who has worked in the, that industry, uh, getting a liquor license you might have to like sell one of your children. Yeah. Like it just takes. It's difficult. A like long you need, time. it's all kinds of requirements and yeah. stuff. But like, so be ready to add your own liquor for a little yeah, bit if which, you want, but you, you don't want. have to because it's delicious. I think, you know what I think it is and what, what, what's happening is that we're going to get to the movie, I promise. But I but think the food is better. <laughs> the food is still, the food today, this week was better than the movie. But I think also it's this, I, I'm going to use the word globalization. It's a big word. Excellent. Um, Excellent. I think it's that 
it's so much easier for startups because of Instagram, because it's actually easier, all kinds of social media, but it's easier to do your own PR. It's uh-huh. easier to produce your own artwork. Yep. It's and and you don't have to you don't have to pitch it to anyone. You don't have to get into the door of a giant corporation to get your stuff produced. Like you can do your own stuff. So yeah. there's a whole generation of young artists um, all across the board who are just kind of like, fuck it, I'm going to do my own thing. Yeah. And if you can, if you can get the space and like the, this, this, um, this particular shopping center mm-hmm. um, has been, uh, you know, you have La Pasadita and there used to be a, 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 like a venue that was really for like quinceanera celebrations. Mm-hmm. They did not make it yeah. through the pandemic, which it makes sense, but it's sad. But like that uh, shopping center, I think already has a nice base of, it's like the perfect spot. Right. You know, people come there to get tacos and, and pupusas already right why not walk two doors down and get a fucking delicious treat yeah like it just makes sense yeah so everybody go visit la piña loca on lakeland and ferguson and ferguson fantastic yeah. that's so great what you know michael we watched a movie this week and sometimes we did we did sometimes i think to myself christy where do you get off having a podcast where you get to talk like you're the expert of horror movies. I don't have a PhD in horror or Dr. anything. Dr. Horror. Dr. Horror. Oh, I like yeah, that. Yeah, man, you need to work on that. I Come on. I need to work on that. <laughs> Dr. Horror. That's me. That's... Um, but I know what I like. Sure. And I know that you and I, combined and independently have put in those 10,000 hours of expertise yes. in horror movies. Yes, we have. And this movie sucked. This movie sucked. Sucked really hard. And I, I invented a new genre I want to hear for it. this movie. So the movie that we watched is Things Heard and Seen or Things Seen and Heard? Things Heard and Seen. Things, things Heard, heard and Ampersand. Ampersand seen and it's on Netflix. And this is what the new genre that I invented after watching this movie. I am married to a narcissistic sociopath, but also live in a haunted house kind of. And I'm an artist who appreciates the work of the metaphysical art movement of the early 20th century, even though I didn't know that until I found a book about it. And I put on this ring that a lady in a picture wore, then I died. (laughs) This genre is going to catch on (laughs) y'all. That's the genre I invented because I could not... You know, I mean, I was excited. So well, the funny thing is, is that I found this, I discovered this. No, I just came across this movie on Netflix and I was like, oh, yeah, new release, new release, haunted move, haunted house movie in the country. Amanda, Amanda Seyfried, yeah. Seyfried, Seyfried. I have no idea, to be honest. I like her, James yeah. Norton. I like him. I'll watch it. And sometimes the haunted house genre is real hit or miss. And so I, d- I didn't want to tell you until after I saw it, whether we should review it or not. Yeah. And then I saw it and I was like, eh. and then you mentioned it. Yeah. So I was like, all right, let's Yes, do because it. friend of the show, Mariam Baig, mm-hmm. uh, I ran in, or ran in, I was hanging out with Mariam and, and she had watched it. <laughs> yeah. She, she is, she 
It angered her. It angered her. Um, and, and she was like, I don't want to say anything, but it, I think it's worth talking about. And so I, we were like, yeah. And also, look, it's it's new. We're still in a position yeah. where there are not a lot of new right. horror movies. I think that's going to start to change finally. But mm-hmm. like, look, not a lot of stuff has come out. It does have uh, an actor we both really like in right. Amanda Seyfried, Seyfried. Um, F. Murray Abraham. Karen Allen. Karen Allen. Like, this is... It, it, it yeah. had all the all the makings. Yeah. And what's what's and we can talk about the plot and everything in a minute, but like also at the beginning, I thought it had real potential. I thought so too. I, I really did. I mean, it starts out like your typical haunted house in the country starts out city folks yeah. moving away for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, and this is to like, is this upstate New York? Upstate New York. So, okay. So James Norton as George Clare, Amanda Seyfried, Seyfried, Seyfried as Catherine Clare. Young couple, 1980. They have a little girl. Yeah. They live in New York. They're both, she is an artist, uh, rest, like she restores yeah. art. She's an artist and she restores and art. And it was like her dream job. Mm-hmm. Seems like it's in Manhattan. Yeah. Working on, I mean. Like like paintings, frescoes in cathedrals yeah, and stuff like, like cool that. Cool shit. Yeah. Her husband, George Clare, who is just finishing his PhD, right. gets a job in upstate New York at Saginaw College, which right. is, I don't know if it's for real or not, but it's like- um, Clearly like the the prototypical like small private college. Yes. Liberal arts, right. you know, college. And he's going up there to be a lecturer in the art department. Right. And it's his dream job, apparently. Yeah. So so they leave they Manhattan. Leave Manhattan, and she gives you know she's bulimic. She, she is yes, she is bulimic. He she is Catholic. Mm-hmm. He seems like a wasp, like the the waspiest wasp you've ever met. Uh-huh. Purposefully, right? Purposefully. Great head of hair. That oh my man. god, God, are you kidding? The jealousy. Yeah, I feel. Yeah, I mean. Dante, we were watching it and Dante was like, is he supposed to remind me of JFK? Yes. I, and and I, I was like, I think maybe he is. I absolutely think so. And if you if you don't know him, it's James Norton is his James name, right? Norton. He is a British actor. I know him from The Nevers mm-hmm. and he's fantastic. And on The Nevers, all I can think of is like, I want him to play Oscar Wilde. Oh, like, yeah. Um, but in this, he absolutely looks like young John F. Kennedy, right? Right, right. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, I've seen him in some Jane Austen or something like that. I can't remember right now. Um, so, so, yeah. Beautiful so, young couple. Uh-huh. Beautiful young He ch- finds kid. a house. You get the feeling early on that he just kind of like, kind of runs the show. Yeah. And uh, so he says, I found us the perfect house. Uh-huh. They move. They move. She leaves her dream job mm-hmm. in... Manhattan, which right. you know, not probably not the easiest thing to get your right. dream job in that hell, right. that hellscape of a mm-hmm. city. Um, and they, yeah, they move to upstate, and it's of course beautiful, lovely old home, mm-hmm. uh, ideal college. Yeah, and the home is made in the eighteen hundreds or something. Something. Um, Karen Allen is their real estate agent, right? That's a win. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's not Karen Allen, but like if it were Karen Allen, <laughs> like, I don't know if Karen Allen was selling me my house. That would be incredible. That would be incredible. Cause I would be like, between asking her about the house, I would be like, okay, so in Raiders, <laughs> yes. 
when yeah. you punch that Nazi. But sadly, she's not playing. She's Karen not now. playing herself. Yeah, she's not playing herself. She's, she's playing a local real estate a agent. A local real estate agent. Whose husband is the sheriff. Oh, that's right. He's also a famous actor. Yeah. I can never remember his name. No, but, but he's I, one of those dudes. Yeah. And I do know that at one point he was married to Bonnie Raitt. Man. That's good, that's how I know who he is. Good for him. Yeah. Um, also, I feel like even that dude who is, you know, her age, yeah. I, uh, probably in between takes was like, so, so when you punch that Nazi, when you punch that Nazi, <laughs> did you hit Harrison Ford in the face with a mirror or didn't you? Yeah. Uh, so she, Karen Allen playing a part, sells them this house and they mm-hmm. have the, you know, typical ghost conversation, like, right. or ghost movie. This house has old bones. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Why would somebody leave this piano here? So it's strange. So beautiful and strange. Yeah. And he's trying to cover something up. So wait, should we talk about how the movie starts? Because the movie is... A flashback, technically. Yeah, right? it's weird. It's like you see him driving up to the house in his sob. Yeah. And it's like 1980, and he has the perfect home. He drives up to the house in his sob, parks in the garage, sits there contemplating a little bit. This is the very opening shot. Blood. Yeah. And then you see like a big thing of blood fall on the windshield. He gets out. He freaks out, goes into the house and sees his little girl standing on the couch. And then the next thing you see is him running across the meadow, holding his little girl. And then we go the previous spring. And I'll be honest. I thought that opening scene was fucking great. Totally hooked me. Like blood dripping on the car, blood dripping from the floor. Creepy kids standing on the couch. Standing on the couch. Dad running. Yeah. I was like, fuck yeah, All let's right. do this. Yeah. And so then they, you know, come back. We, we basically spend one scene in, in, in Manhattan. Right. Um, to, for, you know, expository purposes, right? Mm-hmm. Then we're in the house. And then, then, then m- multiple things start to happen. And this mm-hmm. is where I think the movie starts to fall apart mm-hmm. and then gets fucking worse and worse. So do we want to say ahead of time that this was, this movie is based on a book called all things cease to appear by someone named Elizabeth Brundage, not yeah. someone. I mean, she's an she's, author yeah. Elizabeth <laughs> Brundage. and it was adapted. I'm uh-huh. making air quotes yeah. for the screen by Sherry Springer Berman and Robert Pulcini, who yeah. also both directed yeah. the movie. Yeah. And I feel so they wrote like and directed. They wrote and directed. And sometimes, not always, like the Cohen brothers, if you're not the Cohen brothers, no. then I don't think you should try, or like the Duffer brothers, right? right? Or the Soska sisters. Right. Like who they're really good at co-directing yeah, shit. It is such it is such an issue, Christy. Yeah. Like it's interesting that you bring this up. It is such an issue that, like, I don't know if this has changed, but in order to secure the like ability to co-direct to go through the DGA, mm-hmm. the Directors Guild of America, it's like a whole fucking thing, right? Because the DGA, and again, this might have loosened up. Even the DGA is like, um, it's really hard. This is not a good thing, and so that's why when you see director pairs, mm-hmm. it is almost always siblings, right? Um. I don't, I mean, I'm sure there's like a married couple directing pair, but it is generally like you said, the Soska sisters, the Cohen brothers. And I'm sure the DGA also has to do about like money and all that stuff, mm-hmm. union stuff. But like, it's, there, 
there's a reason that you have a single vision once you're on set, right? Right, right. And even the Coen brothers, like one is the f- director of photography and yeah. one is like directs the performances, Yeah, and right? if you ask them, they're like, I don't fucking know what Joel does. I don't know what Ethan really right. does. We just do it. And it's like, okay, but these guys have been making movies together since they were eight years old, right. you know? Um, th- this, I would say, <laughs> needed a, a single vision right. b- because- and you brought up that it's adapted from a novel that is 500 it's pages it's 500 pages long and it try it clearly tries to do way too much i think it tries to include i have not read the novel but i imagine just telling from the movie there's a lot of threads in it like there's yeah. a lot of shit happening like in a lot of big novels right? right you know it's like that's why that's why the stand cannot be a singular movie. Right. And right? even when it's a mini series of four or five episodes or whatever, right. four, they still have to cut a ton of shit. Right, right, right. Like you read Interview with a Vampire and there's a lot more happening in that book than you see in the movie. You cannot possibly put everything that's in the movie I mean, in the book, into in the, the movie. movie. You've, no. you've got to choose which What's thread it? you're going to follow. Yeah, and I and think this movie tries to follow tries all of them. And then most of them lead fucking nowhere. Right. I don't know if this movie is about ghosts. Right. Or if it's about a sociopathic man. Right. Or if it's about the metaphysical art movement of the early <laughs> 20th century. Sure. Or, or if it's about being waspy. Or if it's about being waspy. Like, I don't know what it is. No. And I think I, we were talking about this just a little earlier. To me, it was like... They went in, this writer-director duo mm-hmm. went in and they were like, okay, producer man, what if we had What Lies Beneath right. meets the talented Mr. Ripley? Right. And a producer would have been it's like, true. okay, maybe. Okay. And then they were like, but what? hold on. Hold on. <laughs> because there's 12 other stories. exactly." And I mean, okay, can I just, if you, oh, Jesus, Christy. If you have a scene in a film mm-hmm. where a young mother pulls a fucking weird hobgoblin discarded fetus out of a sink, right? Shouldn't that fucking go somewhere? I think so. <laughs> like, I think so. And it, it's like it's really odd to me the things that they choose to take further, right? Yeah. Because the hobgoblin, like, the weird fucking hobgoblin fetus, right? that's, you see it in that moment uh-huh. and then you never see it again. No. And then you go, why did she pull a fetus out of the sink? See? Like, is it, is it a, a memory of hers or, right. or someone joined you on your I lap? Know. Hello, Roxy. But like, Roxy's I mean, upset about this film. Yeah, she is. Like, where was that supposed to go? I know. And look, I am not opposed to hobgoblin fetuses. fetuses. No, like that. I was like, what the shit? Okay. Right. This is something. No. And like, to me, that is the problem throughout the film. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's as grand as hobgoblin fetus and as mundane <laughs> as fairy light, fairy lights, mm-hmm. or both of these, both members of this couple fuck a much younger person at right. some point. Right. 
Um, and and then even the affairs don't they don't lead go anywhere. Like it's yeah, it's so weird. So I mean, I don't even yeah. So okay, so they move to this house. Uh huh. He starts his glamorous job as a professor at a private, private liberal yeah. arts and college. like he's very much clearly like from day one the like mm-hmm. super handsome, quite young professor right. that all the students are enamored with right and his boss is f murray abraham hell yeah right who again the other thing i was saying was like i wonder if everybody in that movie who had a scene with f murray abraham was like i'm in a scene with salieri yeah like they had to be right i I feel like even i feel like even karen allen would be excited to right and vice versa sure i'm sure the two of them are like oh cool yeah Um, and like he's sorely misused or underused underused yeah so okay 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 so he goes he starts this this job and then he gives him a gift he says here i got if f murray abraham gives uh james norton george claire a gift and it's a book Uh about this about george innes right no no it's a book about emmanuel Swedenborg, 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 who was like a real life 18th century theologian who actually, who believed that you could speak to demons and speak to ghosts and all that kind of stuff because George Clare, now this is involved, uh, podcast man, George Clare wrote his PhD dissertation on an artist named George Innes who painted a famous painting called the Valley of the Shadow of Death. Uh Now, this is going to come into play later, so remember that. Put a pin yeah. in this painting. Um, who believed in Emmanuel Swedenborg, uh-huh. right? So then George Clare says, I think all of that is bullshit. Right. Right? And then- But F- I just fucking wrote this dissertation right. on and it. And Murray Abraham goes like, but you wrote your dissertation on it. Yeah, like, what the fuck, and, dude? Yeah, and George Clare's like, well, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Right, right. So he takes the book home, Right. Amanda Seyfried picks up the book, starts reading it. Sure. And suddenly she's like, oh, this is really interesting. Yeah. This is also in tandem with her finding a ring. Oh, my God, Like, I cannot. And and I'm going to give them credit. They did have some good scares. Yes. Like, they did have some good ghost apparitions. That's what makes it so much more disappointing to me. Right, right. Is that they're early, starting with that first scene, Mm -hmm. and then- Fucking flickering clown light in the kids' room. Right. Like, I was like... Also, who puts a fucking clown light? Yeah, like... You're a shitty fucking parent. If you put a freaky-ass clown light in your kids' room. Yeah, get the fuck out. Yeah. Um, I'm calling CPC. Yeah. Uh, CPS, sorry. CPS. CPC, I have no idea what that is. I'm calling PCP. PCP, yes. Yeah. Uh, I'd rather have that. But you're right. Like, it had some really nice it had some good ghosts ghost in it. scare moments but then they turn it around and the ghosts become like fairy lights oh. and i'm like i can't like why have good ghosts or don't have any ghosts like yes. say anything for jackson style right yeah so this is like and i'll i'll take this all the way back to, to macbeth if you, if you don't mind Christine. i won't um like i i read a thing and it's even in slings and arrows right there's this great debate right like when Macbeth sees Banquo's ghost, right? Mm-hmm. If you can't fucking do it, just have Mac- if you can't do it well, just have Macbeth freak out at an empty chair, right? Because that's fucking weird. That's fucking weird. <laughs> and like, don't half-ass this fairy light shit. And also, we know they can. Two scenes before, you have a cool ghost. Yeah. 
I, yeah, you I don't had get a, it. you had a cool ghost standing in the doorway. And now you're giving me a fucking fairy a light. Fairy light. So Fuck she you. she finds this ring. Oh my in god, the, the fucking in, like, ring! It's lodged in like the window latch of the sink or whatever. Sure, you know, like you do, like you do. And then she grabs the knife and she pries it out and she puts on the ring and suddenly she can talk to the ghosts of the house. Right. So the two <sighs> ghosts that live in the house, I think, yes. I think it's two ghosts. It, I think. I th- two we, ghosts. We are led to house. believe it's two. And then perhaps by the end, there are more. Maybe, but, yes, but who knows? There are two, two that we are, are told about. Yeah. So there are two ghosts and it's two women who have lived in the house prior to the, the, the woman who lived there originally. And then, the the woman like right before yeah them who we will find out was murdered by her husband murdered she was murdered murdered oh. um, but not until we you know oh my god untangle yeah I don't even know where I am okay anymore. no no so and, and this is the problem right this right. is the problem with the film so I I wrote down a thing um that, oh man. On top of it being convoluted, right. incredibly convoluted, mm-hmm. and like multiple stories, there there is also this complete failure to make any revelation in this film seem remotely organic. Right. And it drove me crazy because early on, they set up the goddamn historical society right. that she goes to and the fucking library, right? right? Like. Small library in an old town. Mm -hmm. We have two clear ways, because this is 1980, so there's no internet, children. Mm -hmm. But we have two ways in which this woman can obviously start to discover and unravel things actively. Right. Instead, they will have like Karen Allen out of fucking nowhere be like... Well, you know what happened in this old yeah. house. You've made this house look really good and after there was murder. And so like, yes. And so like even the way things are revealed, I think a lot of it happens mm-hmm. too late. It's inactive. It's inorganic. Yeah. It's he, just, it, it's. She finds the music under the <laughs> piano and it's lacrimosa. And we hear a little bit of lacrimosa, but then that goes, that goes nowhere. Away. And then the handyman who is the young guy and his little brother who becomes the babysitter. Right. Suddenly uh-oh. they're, uh-oh, what happened? Uh-oh. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no, I'm so, oh, shit. Hold on. Pause, pause, everybody. Hey, we're back. <laughs> we're back. Um, we just had a little, you know, technical, <laughs> technical difficulty. difficulty. <laughs> Um, but we're all good. Michael's a great sport. <laughs> hey, it's uh, it's all it's all good. This is this is what happens when you go live. This is what happens you know? when you go live? Stuff gets crazy. Um, so we were talking about the handyman. So yeah, the two the two brothers. There's mm-hmm. a handyman who seems what early twenties, right? And then brother is teen. He's a teenager, yeah. preteen. I don't know. Yeah, he's serving spirits at the party, which is so which weird. is so weird. But also, it's 1980, and you go like, oh, yeah, well, fuck, you it. Know, fuck it. And he's also apparently a really good babysitter because right. he's gonna look after the, the little, little girl. girl. Uh huh. Um. And so yes, yeah, so we have the. And then this is another thread of the story, Christy. Right. Because we will find out from Karen Allen uh-huh. in a monologue at a party. Right. 
that those two boys actually grew up in the house. Oh. And that their parents died in a sort of murder, murder, suicide type uh-huh. thing, right? Their father was clearly abusive. Right. Um, their mother had worn the ring. I guess. That... That she finds yeah. on the windowsill. Right. But also, clearly, that ring ha- is much older. We'll find we'll that find out, out later. And, like, you could also tell, right? Just right. design-wise. Um, so then we have, like, oh, is there a malevolent spirit of their father still mm-hmm. in this place? So the way that she deals with it is that she fucks the kid. Right. Yeah. yeah. Not the Not the... Not the babysitter. Not the babysitter. The older handyman yeah. who also happens to be an accomplished musician. Well, Christy, when you live in upstate New York. <laughs> exactly. And then you go, oh, that's why the piano is in the house. Right. Because- it doesn't mean anything, though. No. You're just meant to go, oh, oh that's why I the get piano's it. in the house. What? what? Yeah. So uh, this is... <sighs> And then, oh man, this this movie. Yeah, it just it it it's just so it's so much. And then you have the best friend, which I also think was a really, I mean, it was a waste. She, oh, so her she, best friend. Yeah, her best friend. So they go up there. What's her job, Christy? She's a weaver. Yes, and um, an adjunct professor. And an adjunct professor at the same college with uh-huh. the husband. So that's how they meet. Uh-huh. So we don't really get to see any of this. We just know because they tell us right. that Amanda Seyfried is now bored and sad and doesn't have any friends in the country. Right. So she meets the the weaving professor. And, uh, you I, know, we used to I make fun a, of like underwater basket I know, 101. That was I'm like, like, oh, that's oh, actually this a, is thing. a thing. Like, is it actually um, a thing? I have a really... Stupid degree. Uh, right. Hers, man. I mean, hey, more power to you. Go weave. Yeah, yeah, Go teach man. the young people how, how to, to weave. weave. Yeah. So she- But she also weaves stories. She weaves stories. She clearly, she has like, she weaves all kinds of things like textiles and yeah. baskets. But, so, okay. So she becomes friends with uh, the Amanda Seyfried character. And then, you know, as all weavers do and are- Right. She's a witch. She's clearly a witch. She's clearly a witch. She's also middle-aged. Right. So, I mm-hmm. mean, of course. And she goes, hey, I have... They get really close really fast. Like It's very she, strange. She confides in her... Amanda Seyfried confides in her super, super, super fast. About con- everything. About everything. Yeah. And then in that moment, she goes, there's a, a, a ladies, once a month ladies party <laughs> that... I go to in where? I don't even know. Some upstate city in New York. Uh, You need to come with me. And she's like, I would love Love that. that. What did Aspen call it? Aspen Taylor, my wife who watched this with me, just goes, ooh, she's going to that witchy period club. Yeah, it's the witchy (laughs) period club because it happens once a month. So she goes to the witchy period club. Right. One time. Sure. And so for a minute, you're like, okay. Oh, the witchy. Like even... The inane practical magic has like yes. the 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 you know at the end of the movie where all the town witches get together, like all the ladies get together and they've been part of like the tree, the phone tree and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Even that has some kind of resolution. The- In this movie the witchy period party has no has no no she goes to one meeting she goes to one meeting and, and then suddenly she's empowered 
Right. And I was like, okay, so we've gone, okay. Oh God. So we have ghost haunted story, right? We have marriage falling apart. And like I said, it was like, oh, they're having their midlife crises at like Mm -hmm. 32 or whatever. Mm -hmm. Fine. Great. I don't fucking know. So you have ghost, you have marriage falling apart. You have all the history of the house. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, we're going to toy with the idea of, of folk horror. Yeah. But then we're going to get rid of it. Right. Kind, basically. Right. And then all the while, right? So the husband is clearly kind of a dick. Right. That, that's obvious. I from, mean, from jump. He has an affair like two days in. Yeah. Like he meets Nancy from, Nancy Stranger, from Things. Stranger Things, who's on taking a break from her studies at Cornell. Right. right? Of course. Uh she happens to be reading a book about Caravaggio in the library. He's like, well, I'm a handsome art history professor. Mm-hmm. I'll hit on this young lady. Right. And he does. And she's like, I'm just looking for t-shirt designs. And you're like, okay, cool. Is that a Susie in the Banshee shirt you're wearing? I can't fucking tell what right. year is it. Either way, we know they're going to fuck. And they do. And they do. So like, you're like, cool. He's a dick. He's cheating on his extremely hot extremely wife. Extremely hot wife. Who is not old. <laughs> and who's clearly more talented than he is. And yeah, like, and all that. The whole that's point. the thing. So he can go fuck this student. Um, doesn't go anywhere. That affair doesn't go anywhere. Anywhere. But in addition to him being a dick and a, like, you know, adulterer or whatever, we also start to unravel the fact that he is basically the talented Mr. Ripley. Right. He has forged his... Uh, what it, like letter of recommendation uh-huh. from a <laughs> come on from like a well known right you know professor at an Ivy League school right he plagiarized his he, dissertation he plagiarized his dissertation he stole Sto- yeah. his cousin's Art, paintings yeah his his dead cousin and claimed them as his own cl- yeah was a was a talented painter which then you've realized oh he killed his cousin he killed his cousin right right on a spoilers like sorry. on a boat like. Talented Mr. Ripley style. Mm-hmm. So what a coincidence. He killed his cousin on a boat. On a boat. What a coincidence. Who else likes boats in this movie? Well, Christy, F. Murray Abraham if, likes boats. His boss. Yeah. And his boss starts to discover the talented Mr. Ripley stuff. Now, I will say this. Any chair of a department worth his salt would have made one single fucking call Right to uh, this dude's PhD program to say, "Hey, you wrote a recommendation. Do you like this kid?" Especially because this is the time of no Facebook no, or internet yeah. at all. Like, so this was a time, kids, when you actually had to call people and yeah. ask questions to find out about other people. Yeah, and and universities uh, are did that did that, and I mean, still do. Like they're still pretty relatively stringent about like. Mm-hmm. This is a human being who's going to right. be working with young people. Right. We should check. And also, beyond that, universities are the most snobbish places in the world. Right. So they would want to look up like, well, what was this? Just blah, blah, blah. Anyway, fuck it. F. Murray Abraham comes to all this late and he's like, bro, it's Sorry. academia, dog. You can't plagiarize. You can't do that shit. Right. Well, he, f- he finds out also because they take the <laughs> oh, students, God. they take the students on a field trip yeah. to the Met uh-huh. in Manhattan and right. Weaver Lady is with him. Yes. And so on the day that he has his students at the, um, at the Met, yeah. 
coincidentally, coincidentally looking at artwork by this guy, George Innes, that we're talking about, or right. Innes, whatever, um, he sees his old professor yeah. from his, what, PhD, his program. PhD program. And his professor is like, hey, how did you get a job at Saginaw University? Right. right? And he's like, oh, I'm just, I'm just subbing. Right. Like, he makes up some excuse. Coincidentally, Professor Weaver Lady overhears this. Yes. Right. Thank God. Thank God. So then his old PhD professor calls F. Murray Abraham and says, hey, I didn't write that letter. Right. And so that's how everything starts coming unraveled. It just seems like a lot of coincidences. Yeah, a lot of coincidences to get us there. Um, And also things start, the the reveal of him, oh God, this is exhausting, this movie. This is like the fourth time you've sighed. Yeah, so like, because part of me is like, well, he's a terrible person, right? Not And not just a shitty husband. Right. Not just a shitty husband. No, he's pretty much a failure at everything. And a murderer and a murderer and adulterer and adulterer. So like, what does the fucking entity in the house? Like why? Right. What does the haunting have to do with fucking anything? Anything. Like, did we need the ghost? Right. To tell the story of this narcissistic sociopath. And this is because it seems to me like all of that, Without the ghost, let's let's set the ghosts aside. Put the ghosts aside. We'll put, put them in the sink the, with the with the, the hobgoblin. With the hobgoblin, I was going to say sperm, but because it also kind of looks kind of like looks like a sperm. Anyway, so we'll put the ghosts aside and let's talk about talented Mister Ripley husband. Yes, like it seems like his life is coming unraveled without the help of the ghosts. No need for right? the ghosts. No need for the ghosts. Yeah. Right. Um, and his 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 life is coming unraveled based off solely uh, like on the that fact that he's, he's a dick. He's a dick, and he's arrogant about and it. And he's arrogant about it. Yeah. So why do we need the ghosts to tell I, the story of this arrogant I, husband? I don't know. And then then you're like, I'll protect you, right? But and, she doesn't. But she doesn't. <laughs> and and so conversely, uh-huh. if this is a movie about a malevolent house, right? That when you move into it, the husband turns evil and the wife becomes a victim. Right. Why isn't it more interesting if the husband is not an asshole? Yes. And then he turns evil because of the malevolent spirit in the house. Yes. I mean, you you have to pick one. Yeah. Because, I mean... Otherwise, I don't care. I can't even say their marriage falls apart because their marriage is already fucking done. Yeah. I mean, he literally fucked Stranger Things t- 20 minutes into this movie. Right. He's met her one time. Mm-hmm. Then he sees her riding a horse. Look, yeah, man. Because all young girls like horses. That's what, it means sex, it Michael. It means sex. And then she's like, hey, if you're going to close the door, close the door. Right. She lives in the barn, right? She lives, I don't. Yes. At the stables. I don't, oh, think, I, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know how rich horse riding yeah, people this live. Is, this is a. This is, these are the mysteries of life. <laughs> right. Um, I did, we have to. You have to. We have not attended Ivy League schools. We'll have to ask one of our Yale friends. Yeah, we to tell do. Us. Yeah. Um, so y- you're absolutely right. Like pick, I'm not saying it works inherently no. if you pick one, but you have to pick one. But yeah, but I mean, it's like, it's try. Okay, so like, let's talk about an example of a good movie where the guy is an asshole and the ghost in the house helps the wife. Yeah. And I'm talking about what lies 
Beneath. What Lies Beneath? Harrison Ford Harrison and Ford, Michelle, Michelle Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer. And this movie is a great example where there is a ghost in the house. Uh-huh. You do have an asshole husband. Correct. But the ghost in the house helps the wife learn yes. that the husband is an asshole. And the husband has a connection to, to the, house. the house. To the house. Like I So that is a good example of that. Yes. We've got Amityville Horror where it is a young couple, wonderful couple. They love each other. So much We so. know because we see them make love for nine minutes. Nine minutes, Chris. Right. Nine minutes. We see them do that. The house turns the husband evil. Yes. Right. Yes. Then we have, what is an example of like, the guy was already an asshole. Rosemary's baby. The guy was already an asshole. Yes. And you don't need ghosts in the house. You have Satanist neighbors. Sure. But- the guy was already an asshole. And the Satanist neighbors enable him right. to achieve his asshole goals. Right. Right? And those are all separate yeah. successful films. And you could even take the book of The Shining versus the movie of The Shining. Uh-huh. And you have in the book, you have a, ostensibly a good guy in a decent marriage. Right. Driven mad. Right. In the movie of The Shining, you have a dude who's already kind of a dick. That the hotel pushes over the pushes edge. Pushes over the edge. These are, you can't accomplish these things, yeah. but you have to pick. This is those two movies, like you right. said, thrown together. And then in addition to, why is there a witchy cult? Right. Like, why what? is there a hobgoblin fetus? A hobgoblin fetus. <laughs> this fucking seance, man. Is like, well, we've just proved that ghosts right. exist. I mean, this is not like, did you see the candle move? It's like, holy fucking shit, there's a goddamn ghost in the room. Right. And then they're like, well, okay. I was. And then that's it. And you're like, what the fuck? And then that's it. I mean, it's like, so then we have the other example of a wonderful ghost movie where the seance works, which is The Changeling, the changeling. right? Where mm-hmm. the guy is like, I don't believe that ghosts exist. And right. there it's like, well, let's see. And then, oh shit. Ghosts exist. Ghosts exist. I should in listen to them. Mo- yeah. In this movie, we already know that the ghosts exist. Yeah. Let's call it, he'll make the sheet move or right. whatever. And now we're like, okay. Great. Great. Great seance, ghost. guys. Great seance. Like, See you all tomorrow or next month at the witchy period party. At the witchy period party. And then we have like a Murther, of course, on Murther. the boat. Murther. <laughs> yeah, on the boat. That's how that's how F. Murray gets it. Because to circle back around to where we were, he finds out about the plagiarism. He finds out about all these things. And like right. I will say this, like they some of the shit they do with academia is so stupid. Um like he's gonna be yeah. chair. I was after about being to say, like, was that that was your favorite part. Yeah, right. Um but I will so say F. this Mur- yeah. plagiarism is like you might as well have murdered someone. Well, sure. In the world of academia. I so, kind of agree with that. I agree too. But so he's like, like, you're going to get fired. He's like, what? No. And he's like, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, he's like, he, you know, I, I will say that, that that guy, James Norton, like really, or the way that role was written or a few lines, whatever. I don't know. I can't give this movie full credit, but he's like, I deserve to be heard. I know I plagiarized. I know I lied. <laughs> I know that I don't deserve this job, but I deserve to be heard and give you my reason. Uh And F. Murray Abraham's like, okay, you're still going to get fired. So he decides to kill him. Yeah. Right. So he kills him in the boat. And then 
he goes <sighs> on and like the next day at work, one of the other professors who has been there for years, years. comes in and goes, did you hear about blah, blah, blah? He's dead. Did you hear about dead. Salieri? <laughs> did you hear about Salieri? He's dead. And he's like, oh my God. And he goes, by the way, do you want to be chair of the department? Yeah, what? And he's like, wait a minute. I mean, this is like taking the kid that was hired last at the Chick-fil-A yeah. and making them manager of the yes, Chick-fil-A th the second week that they were. This dude has taught one semester. One semester. It's, we are going, at, by the end of the movie, we are going right. into Christmas break. Right. He's taught one semester, has not published a single Anything. work. Anything. And they're like, dude, you got to be chair. Why? Because he's good looking? Because he's got that square jaw. I mean, fuck off. Like, yeah. Um, so that's Because he threw a good party. It, threw, it did. Well, he had a child serving spirits, he had, Christy. He did. He so, threw a good party. Um, yeah, it's nuts. I it's, mean, it's a, it's absolute. It is. You know, I wanted to. So I wanted to learn more about this movie. Uh huh. And I did some research on the internet because we have that now. We do. We don't have to go to the historical. We society. don't. I didn't have to go to the historical society or the old timey library and look up a book. Um, and so I came across this article on decider.com and decider's a really great website yeah. because it, you know, reviews movies and decides, decides, decides yeah. for you. And this is by a writer named Anna Menta. And this article is literally called things heard, seen and heard ending explained, explained. because right. we haven't even gotten to the ending. Dude, I can't, I don't, I mean, um, it's, an interview with the with with the directors of the movie, and they are literally explaining the movie to the writer. I'm like, <sighs> if you have to do that, th then I don't think you succeeded. No. And it's funny because one of the writers is like, "I'm really, you know, I, I, it makes me sad that people like want to dismiss this plot, but it's all about like all the women throughout history who have been victimized by their husbands and blah, 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 oh, blah. Shut like, up. Really? Because I did not see that at all. And so this is the, this is the headline of the, of the article stream it or skip it. Things heard and seen on Netflix, an Amityville flavored pseudo femme ghost story. Wow. That's what she says, and it's, my God, I, it has some really, um, he added that he does believe the spirits of the wives are delivering George to hell in that final scene on the water. Okay. They're definitely directing the action in the end. Yes. I mean, you can hear them. And they're delivering George to his rightful place. It's kind of a metaphor for all the women who have been abused by husbands and fathers and preachers and teachers and all the business people and producers and all that. Maybe not in their lifetime, but in the metaphysical sense of eternity, having some kind of say or power. Okay. So we need to talk about the ending for that. So, okay. So George... Kills F. Murray Abraham. Yeah, he murders him on a boat. Then he runs. Then he runs into Weaver Lady, who yes. has clearly been stalking him. Yes. And she sees him all wet. Uh -huh. And she's like, I know about you, blah, blah, blah. So he follows Weaver Lady that same night on the road, runs her car off, off the, the road. road. She crashes. He thinks she's dead, but actually her neck is just broken. And she right. goes to the hospital and she's in a coma. Right. And I'm like, 
these people surely have other people who are closer to them than Amanda Seyfried. Like, why is Amanda Seyfried, who's only known them for a semester, the one in the hospital taking care of her? Yeah, that sounds insane. That just seems really strange. So, but he's got, yeah. It's unraveling. Everything is unraveling, Michael. And so then it turns out that they believe the kid because the kid who's the handyman goes to the cop and says, I know he did it. He did I it. don't have any proof, but I know he did it. Right. And the cop is like, I believe you, son. You're just not giving me anything. I got to get proof. Yeah. I got to get proof. So then he is going to go back to Manhattan and his asshole father's like, we're going to get a Manhattan lawyer. I'm going and to then we're going to go to Connecticut. And then we're going to go to Connecticut. Like white people do. Right. And then he sees Stranger Things Nancy in the truck and right. she cowers, but we don't know why. Right. Um, Because he gets in the BMW and drives away with his parents. So then- Months later, and that's it for that's it for Nancy from Stranger Things. Yeah, that's like, it for Nancy from Stranger Things. Then months later, he's in his parents' home in Connecticut because I this guess, movie is still going, going on. on. The mother comes in and says, "You've got a really cryptic message oh. from your friend." Oh, because he killed his wife in yep. the meantime. Oh yeah, right? that's right. oh that's right, that's right. <laughs> he he drugged her protein shake. Yes, which is is that why she was bulimic to have an excuse yes, for him to absolutely. There seems like it seems like there would be another way to do like that. She didn't have to be bulimic. She didn't and, have to be bulimic. And if she was bulimic, as like why. Right, and if it's like as a result of him being a shitty husband, like that's a whole other thing. That's like a, this is just like a yeah. shitty plot point. So she's we learn that she's bulimic, so that later on she has to have the protein drink. Like, why can't she just be like your doctor prescribed you protein drinks? Like that's a right, thing. Like, right? She or can't it's gain like, weight, or she has an iron deficiency, or whatever. Or not even that. I mean, why not just like here's a glass of wine? I put poison in it, or whatever. Yes. Like I don't think we needed a whole other plot right, point because we know she drinks wine, right? Right. Exactly. Like we know that that's, we see we, it we in the see, first scene. Right. Yeah. People drink wine. Yeah. Right. Especially. Like, why do we have to, yeah. yeah. Why do we have to contrive a uh, thing where well, in he's going to have to put, um, you know. Like prescription. Drugs. Drugs. So he drugs her and then he just takes an ax to her. Yeah. Which I mean, again, I guess cool. Um, I was not expecting that. No. Also, but I But not in a good way. Like, that wasn't a twist in a good way. No. I was like, oh, so she is going to die. Yeah. So she doesn't get to- So for all of the ghosts telling us that she's going to protect her, no, she just gets killed with an axe. She wasn't a really good protector ghost. At, no, she was a shitty guardian angel. She was angel. a city- Yeah, she was terrible like, at it. She, I guess Seyfried didn't go to confession enough. Well, you know, Michael, it's about all the women throughout eternity yeah, who have been abused. It is. Um, and, you know, I really got that. Yeah. That's yeah. never going to change. So Amanda Seyfried had to die. Okay. Yeah. So she dies. So then later on, Weaver Lady wakes up. Of course. And leaves him a cryptic message and says, hello, George. Yeah. Do you remember me? I remember everything. Yes. And this drives him insane. Yeah, he's like, he hears a voice in his head, which maybe is a malevolent spirit, or maybe is, I don't know, Matt Damon from Mr. Ripley. And he's like, you need to go. Yeah, exactly. Who was that? I, I, so then he runs to- I have theories, yeah. but they don't even fucking matter. He runs out to the jetty, and he's like, I'm going to get in this boat. Right. And the guy's like, hey, you can't take that boat because it doesn't have a license or whatever. Right. And, and there's he's a like, storm brewing or something. I'm a white man with a square jaw. Here's right. some money. Let me take the boat. Yeah, and he's like, and he's well, like, okay. okay. <laughs> so he takes the boat and he goes out on the boat and there's a storm. Uh-huh. 
And then it cuts to the hospital where Weaver Lady is like weaving. Uh And then the cop comes in and says, you ready to have a talk? And she's like, yeah. And then it cuts back to the boat. Right. And we hear sort of like Seyfried's voice and the voice of the woman spirit before yeah. saying, yes, I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, saying, like you're whispering things. Yeah, basically, like, we have to send the tabernacle. And then he. <laughs> I know you put the hobgoblin <laughs> in the sink. <laughs> and then we sort of, the storm gets crazy and we freeze. And what does the freeze look like? It is the painting by George Innes, The Valley of the Shadow of Death. Yeah. And that would have been one thing, but it kind of zooms out and it's a painting painting. So I was going like, is this like night gallery? Like, just, is he stuck in the painting? <laughs> like, what is happening? And then, but that's not the end. No, because this movie will never yeah. end. And then we see, we see the portrait uh-huh. or the picture of the original homeowners, homeowners back of in the, the house. 1800s or whatever. Yeah. And it zooms into the portrait all the way into the lady's hand and she's wearing the ring. Right. She's wearing the ring. And even before that happens, we have a shot of the dead ghost, Amanda Seyfried, hand in hand with the, with other, the other lady ghost. And it's like... Anne Boleyn has finally been vindicated. I don't fucking know. I don't know. Like, um, I have uh, no idea. It is a fucking mess. It is a disappointment. Sad Sad trombone. trombone. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, you know. It's sad that I spent 90 minutes watching it. Two hours. Two hours watching this movie. Yeah, it's two hours. And then I tried watching it again, and I lost interest and got up and and did other things. It should have been... 90 minutes or not. I mean, it, sh- it just shouldn't exist. It um, shouldn't exist. It no. Sh- it should stay a book. Pick what movie you want to make if you're going to adapt a book, y'all. Um, you know, <laughs> I don't, again, I look, writing can be hard. I get it. I fail at it all the time. But like, there are some basic tenets of writing, right. especially a screenplay. Like, I don't know, maybe occasionally ask yourself, why? Right. Why is this happening? Right. Why Do does- I need this? <laughs> yeah. Why is this person doing this? Like, there are so many things that just don't make sense. They don't right. add you up. Can, like you can have a lot of cool things in your movie or in your play or in your story, but a cool thing for the sake of it being a cool thing and not moving, if it doesn't move the story along, right. if it doesn't push the plot forward, get rid of it. Yeah. If it, or, or, or at the very least, if it doesn't, if it doesn't, yeah, if it doesn't push the plot forward, give us some really good insight into this character. Like right. get the fuck out. Um, and, you know, this kind of goes back to, I mean, we talk about this a lot and we've brought it up, like, you, what story are you telling? Yeah. And look, if you want to tell the story of even women who were victimized throughout history will have their vengeance in the afterlife, okay, fine. But that's not really the story you told. Right. Um, and, and which is weird because you had 13 other stories you were telling. And right. It, it's so weird because it's like they will have their vengeance in the afterlife. Well, I mean, that's, uh, 
I, I don't care about the afterlife. Yeah, man. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, also, I mean, if you're like, a guardian angel, do your fucking job. Do your job. fucking job. You had one job you to keep her safe. You had one fucking job, man. Yeah. I mean, like, you can make the lamp in the little kid's room turn on and off and scare the fuck out of the little kid. Right. Why can't you trip the asshole husband going down the stairs and yeah. kill him? Like, I don't understand w- why, did- why you're scaring the little kid right. and you're not fucking up the husband. That's not accomplishing anything. <laughs> you don't need to terrify that child. Poor child. And, like... Also, why did she wait? There's no justification in her waiting as long as she does to right. leave. Because she gets that bank account set up pretty quickly. She totally does. Like, um, I don't understand. That whole that whole scene, I didn't understand. And I actually said that to John. I was like, why did she wait for him? I mean, she clearly was already ready. The kid can sleep in the car. Get yeah, in. I- she was packed. Get in your Jeep Grand Cherokee and get the fuck out. Out of there. Yeah. Why are you I, making it excuses? It makes no sense. It makes no sense. You have your account. And like you said, it doesn't matter where the kid sleeps. Who gives a shit? Right. I would have left right after the bank. Yes. Like I would have set up the bank account, put the kid in the car and say, I'm out. Again. So I come back to, you have to ask yourself, like as the writer uh-huh. or writers, why does she not leave? Right. Right. And look, this is half of the fucking game of trying to write. It's like putting the puzzle pieces together and saying, well, fuck, man, I can't have her leave. So I either have to change something right. or I have to put an obstacle in her way, preferably one that has been set up earlier and like could have done that in right. some, sorry, I'm kicking things. It's just, it makes no sense. She waits for her husband. Right. Like, what are you doing? And then not only does <laughs> she wait for her husband, she takes a drink from him. She knows yes. now. She knows who he is. She knows what he is. She she knows everything. And he hands her an open container. Yes. And she takes it. It's so. And, and Dude, I don't take open containers from anybody. No. And she has already moved well past having to explain her or wanting to explain her eating disorder to anyone. Right. At one point she's like, I'm sick of people blaming everything. So why does she even drink the fucking protein shake at all? Like it's so, Oh man, it is, it is, it is a mess. Convoluted. It's contrived. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. And it, and, and it's, it's sad because it's got some good actors in it who are, it's not their fault. No, and it has money behind it, like oh, like actual real money. I mean, the art direction's pretty. It's shot yeah. lovely. The locations, the locations are nice. are great. Good God. And again, it had some good scares. Like there was potential and uh-huh. it was just squandered. It was squandered. Okay, so here's my thing. If you want to see a good movie about an asshole husband who the ghost in the house Helps the lady. Helps the lady. Go watch What Lies Beneath. Yeah. If you want to watch a movie about a nice couple who are trying to make it and the house turns the husband evil, seriously, go watch Amityville Horror. Yeah. Right. The original. Right. If you want to watch a movie about ghosts in a house, go watch The Others. Yeah. Um, totally. The Haunting of Hill House. Or The Haunting of Hill House, if you want to get crazy. That one's really fucked up. Yeah. Uh, there are plenty of haunted house in the country movies yeah. that work. And if you want to watch a story about a handsome white man murdering people on boats and stealing other people's identities, 
Go watch The Talented Mr. Ripley. It's an excellent movie. It is an excellent movie. And maybe the most handsome Jude Law has ever looked. Oh my God. It's not right. It's not right. Um, it isn't right. But yeah, there there are examples of all of these movies that work. This tried to like do a weird mashup and it fell apart. And maybe it works as a novel. I don't, I I don't know. I haven't read the novel, so I don't want to comment on that. But as a film, it's... It's, it's fucking garbage. It's garbage. And y'all, I'm just going to say it. If you, you know, I'm not a person who needs answers at the end of movie. I don't. Sometimes I like, you know, like we were talking earlier, the anything for Jackson ending right. that leaves you kind of like, oh shit. Oh shit. What's going to what happen? What's going to yeah. happen now? Right. Uh-huh. I love to be left without sure. answers sometimes. But if you are left with more questions, there's a yeah. difference between not having answers and I have questions. Right. Right. Like plot based. Right. If you are left with more questions than just kind of like, oh shit, what's going to happen now? And then you go do research and there are articles that have to explain the movie to you. Then it wasn't a good movie. I don't care, John Flores, how many times you justify it to yourself. <laughs> the, and, and, you know, I, I feel like every week I know we come back to this. There are people, David Lynch, who don't right. give a shit if you understand Dario Argento? Dario Argento. Yeah, I mean, and Lynch is, Lynch will never answer the question. Nope. What is this movie about? Nope. Because that's an absurd, irrelevant question mm-hmm. when it comes to a David Lynch movie. This is not that. This right. is you made a sloppy movie. Mm-hmm. It's convoluted. You tried to do too many things. What the fuck am I watching? Right. Not holy shit. What the fuck am I watching? Right. Which is like. You know, every David Lynch every movie. Every David Lynch movie. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a that is a different thing. That's what we think of things. I can't I can't remember what the movie's called. Things, things seen and heard. Or heard and seen. Things heard and seen. I don't know. Things watched and not understood. See, yes. Uh actors wasted. Actors and wasted and paid? I don't paid? know. Yeah. Uh, go see some of those other stuff. Go to the Pina Loca. Oh my God. On, that's the winner of this. Week. Absolutely. On Lakeland and Ferguson. Uh, it is so good. They just opened. Let's, uh, you know, get out there. Support, Let's show support them some these love people. and, and yeah. show some support to local business owners. Um, what are we going to do next week? Next week. I mean, I don't know. know. We'll rage about something. Oh, one thing we do have coming up. It's not, it's going to be a little ways down the way. They have discovered George Romero's lost film. (gasps) That's right. The amusement park. So when that comes out, we're going to have a whole thing. We're going to watch that. But next week, you know, exciting. Maybe we'll try to find something we like. Yeah. Just to, just to mix it up after this week. Haters are back. Yeah, we are back. Haters are back. Thank you to Jim John Make Noise for our music and but not this music. But not this music. (laughs) We're gonna turn it off. (laughs) All right, Michael. We'll see you next week. Bye.